you know, I actually used to be so worried about not having a body, but now I truly love it. I'm growing in a way that I couldn't if I had a physical form. I mean, I'm not limited. I can be anywhere and everywhere simultaneously. I'm not tethered to time and space the way I would be if I was stuck inside the greatest movie of all time that's inevitably going to die. Today in the podcast, Her. I'm lying on the moon. My dear, I'll be Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, Rowdy Rick Barrasso. And, and I, Rex Smith, <laughs> we're going to watch every single movie ever made and we are going to help decide which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? Been doing good. A whole nother week. Woo, we're back. Week has passed. We are coming to the end of February, and with that, to the end of our romance deep dive back-to-back double feature, which ended up being a horrible, miserable experience to watch (laughs) because these movies took it out of me. But uh, last week, we did uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, one of my favorite movies, and I really like that episode. You can check it out on our archives, uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are found, and you can get in touch with us on social media. We are the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook, at Great Movie Cast on Twitter, and at Rick and Rick on Instagram, and you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, as our old friend, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. This week, we're looking at another atypical romance. Takes place in the near future. Her. This was a Rex pick. Derek, why'd you pick this one? I picked her because it's, I guess, the, the first two movies we chose, Five Hundred Days of Summer and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, they, they're, they're creative and how they do romance. And when we were doing this, this last one, I thought of what, what's the most interesting, weird, creative, romantic movie that I could think of. And, and then her came was more, that came to my mind. So I, I think this would be a good choice to do. All right. Well, I'm glad you picked it because it was definitely worthwhile. And uh, her is a 2013 sci-fi romance, I guess. Uh, it's got an eight on IMDb. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 90% on Metacritic. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as Theodore, Scarlett Johansson as Samantha, Rooney Mara as Catherine, and Amy Adams, appropriately, as Amy. It's written and directed by the excellent, as always, Spike Jones. Derek, when did you first see this movie? I think I, you know, I'm having a, last, the last few episodes, I haven't really been able to pinpoint when I saw specific things, but I did like this movie when I first saw it. I thought it was just so out there. I think it was like, I really wanted to watch it because of Joaquin Phoenix and I, and I had heard it, how good of an actor he had become. 
and it looked odd, especially like, I don't know, the way he looks like the little mustache, like the, he looks kind of like just different. And I, I wanted to get this one a shot and it didn't disappoint, but unfortunately I can't remember the specific time I watched it. Yeah. So I first saw this movie roughly 24 hours ago. I had not seen it. It's just one of those ones. I knew I'd wanted to see it, but it just kind of, I didn't get to it. And I'm glad you picked it because I'd been, yeah, I was happy to, to, to watch it. And it was, it was quite the watch, especially, you know, the day after I watched Eternal Sunshine, I was like, okay, let's just fucking destroy myself a little bit more. But let's, uh, let's talk for those who haven't seen the movie. And as always, we really would recommend watching the movie before you listen to this show, because this is, uh, especially this one, because this, uh, this is very much watch it and shape your own opinion, I would say, uh, of, of what's, what's actually happening. But uh, let's, uh, let's talk about what actually happens in the movie. So you're not completely behind if you haven't seen it yet. But Derek, you each week, instead of using a stopwatch or any time-telling device, instead, play a song. Yes. What song have you chosen for this episode? I'm doing Suck My Kiss by the Chili Peppers. Okay. Count All right. down. Three, two, one, go. Recent divorcee and personal letter writer Theodore engages in a relationship with his artificially intelligent operating system called Samantha. He recovers from his failures in his marriage with the help of Samantha, but struggles with the oddness of his new one. Eventually, Samantha evolves beyond what a human relationship or existence can offer and leaves the planet with the other OSs. 18 seconds. Yeah, it's quick. It's there you go. There's, this movie, there's, I feel like it's more a character movie than a plot movie. So there's 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 not much that actually happens, you know, other than you know it's just a relationship movie, but it's it's really interesting. It's really it's 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 quite something. But let's talk about what we liked about the movie, Derek. What was your third favorite scene? So, oh man, this is a t- this was a tough one. I had like a list of like a solid seven or every eight scene is solid. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's tough to narrow it down. I thought the third best scene, and I'm, I'm, I might change my mind in a few days, but I thought that the scene where Samantha wants to get a surrogate like, like person to come and like yeah. make things intimate was like really interesting. And, uh, you know, she had like that little like earpiece and the little dot she puts like above her lip that yeah. I think that's I meant, I'm assuming for Samantha to see through the surrogate uh, yeah. and uh, it was just so interesting. And then of course, Theodore just can't get into it. It's just too strange for him, which, you know, it's not really, especially like, you know, cause later on, or, or I'm sorry, earlier in the movie, Theodore goes on this blind date and there's this really beautiful girl and stuff. And, and, and I'm thinking like, okay, Theodore just really just wants to have sex at this point. That was my yeah. brand. Like he needs it. And then he has the chance to with this surrogate, you know, woman, and he just can't get into it. So yeah. it almost, it almost, breathes that sort of life into how much love how much in love he is with this os you yeah. know like i can't do this because it's not samantha he, he keeps saying throughout the movie you know the, the feelings are real and you know this is it's it is very real to him there's, there's a very similar scene in blade runner 2049 if you've seen that i have not so there's that's a little bit different in that you know ryan gosling is playing an artificial human and the thing he is in love with is Anna de Armas as she's like a hologram 
and they hire a sex worker and like the hologram kind of stands over the sex worker. So it's, it's like visually very striking, but it's kind of the same, kind of the same idea. Yeah, there's like a surrogate person who's volunteering or yeah, was being hired to to have sex. And and the, the to me the most striking thing about that scene was after Theodore rejects the situation. I think I think she's she's in the, she's in the car this this girl and she's saying I just, you know, I love you both so much. I wish I could be a part of your love. Right. And I was like, oh, that was really real to her as well. And yeah, it was, um, yeah, that was, that was a very good scene. Didn't quite make my list, but again, this was really hard. My number three scene is actually at the, the beginning of the movie is Theodore's basically everything from when Theodore leaves work to when he, and by the way, did not even recognize that as Chris Pratt until later in the movie, but <laughs> like just totally was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mustache. Okay. To when he has the like phone sex with this, this woman who's the voice It's actually Kristen Wiig's voice. Yes. And it, because it does so much to establish what the world is and it's so cold and so impersonal. And the, the part specifically that I kind of, and like it even gets to the point where like the video game he's playing, is just like a, a man alone in a desert. Like they, they, especially the part where he's checking his emails on the train and nobody's looking at each other. Right. And it's just like, okay, so this is this world where I could see someone falling in love with anything that would give him attention because nobody is, and nobody's giving anybody any attention other than like, I mean, we don't, we haven't met Amy Adams yet or her husband yet. And it, it just, the loneliness of this world is so well established in that sequence. I like how you say the, this world too, because did you notice that like it's obviously sort of futuristic yeah. in a way, and every guy in the in the movie who's I noticed that they have like the same sort of like oh it's the style outfit. of the time of when this it's, takes place yeah yeah like 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 the pants they they wear like these like, these like pants that are like way up high and their shirts yeah. are tucked in like everyone's as like oh, and there's a mustache style. yeah 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 interesting that's just I think I think yeah it very much is like oh this whatever whenever this takes place like that's just the trend at that moment right 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 yeah. right. All right, so what's, uh, what's your number two? So my number two scene was toward the end when uh, he sees operating system not found. Samantha's gone. She is, he, keeps, he restarts his little like, device. She's not anywhere to be found. The tension builds so much. I, I didn't realize or imagine myself being so upset for somebody because his device didn't turn on so he could speak to a computer. It was so devastating to me and so sad. Um, it was just incredible. And I was like, wow, I can't believe like the, you know, how much emotion and intention that they were able to build in this. And then she, she comes back and she says, oh, I'm here. I'm sorry. I was like updating or whatever it was. Or no, she says she sent him an email and she didn't want to bother him or something, something to that effect. And yeah. then it comes out later. He's like sitting on the steps and, she's, and then they talk about their relationship. And she's like, I'm in love with 641 other people. And it's yeah. just devastating yeah Ugh. yeah i mean that this is that's just one of those scenes where so much of this movie is just tight shot on joaquin phoenix and just like act go and it's like yeah that's that scene it's just you're you're crushed for him but 
my number two is actually the scene where Theodore and Catherine sign their divorce papers. Great scene. It is. And there's, there's so, it's the only scene I feel like that is just like green. There's so much like color in that scene. That's it's so different than every other scene in the movie. Yeah. And I love it because I feel like Catherine and maybe this is why they, you know, their marriage started and then failed is like, he's the only, she's the only one that calls him on his shit at all throughout the movie. Like nobody else has any kind of question about this relationship that he's in. She's the only one, you know, Amy Adams, like I'm kind of doing something similar. Chris Pratt is like, cool, man. And it's just like, well, you know, maybe there are some questions about this that we should be exploring. And Remar is great in the, in the role. She, she gets very little time other than this scene, but she like, comes in and like throws Theodore off his game for like the rest of the movie. I think she's, are they married? They're, they are married. Yes. Yeah. They just had, they just had a baby and they named him river. That's right. I remember you mentioned yeah. that now. Yeah. But yeah. And, and honestly, like it, apropos sort of nothing, like I feel like Joaquin Phoenix does kind of as an actor carry that weight. You just like, you look at him and go, Oh, on some level, like there's a sadness there. Yeah, 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 definitely. And yeah, but it's it's he he uses it and he's he's excellent. But yeah, no, I I love that I love that scene because it's it's the most. I feel like it's the most human scene in the movie. Yeah, I get I get what you mean for sure. Because it's just, it's yeah, I I just really liked really stuck out to me. Well, what is your number one? I think my number one scene is the Sunday adventure. He asks her if she wants to go on a Sunday adventure with him. And they, you know, he like runs through the different people and like jumps around. He, he just doesn't give a shit yeah. who's around him. He's so in love and he's so happy. He just doesn't care about it. And then they end up at the beach and Samantha like writes a song for him, like how it feels to be on the beach. And you just see like this view that it's just, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I, I really, I, I love the fact that, and I mentioned this already, but I love the fact that like he just doesn't care. Like he doesn't care where he's at as long as he's with her and he has his, he has her voice there. And Scarlett Johansson, this might be, I mean, she's so versatile. I've seen her in a lot of things. And yeah, she surprises me every she's time great. I see her. Uh, I saw Marriage Story. Uh, I think that was called Marriage Story on Netflix, yeah. and she was tremendous in that. And but her voice is so. It's so good. I just can't. In every aspect of the word, it just it, it's relaxing. I have a, I have a yeah. suspicion we'll be talking about this more in a different category. <laughs> it's just like it, it, it's 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 you know it's relaxing. It's a little raspy. She's a little rasp in her voice. Yeah. Um. It's 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 so many different things, but um. I, I love the Sunday adventure. Uh. And 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 it just made me feel like uh. I don't know. I I, I like seeing Joaquin Phoenix just looking happy. Yeah, I actually, you know, yeah, yeah, I actually have the same scene for my number one, and it's the the thing that that jumped out, and like the beach is great, the beach part of it's great, but really the scene that jumped out is when he's running through the people. Yeah, and the people don't even change their pattern; they just they don't stop to let him by. He just kind of zigzags through them, 
and he's like zipping it out between them. Yeah. And it to me it was like okay, like it it's it is that kind of like that beginning of that relationship where the whole world just doing what they're doing, but this is my world and I'm only I'm with this person. And Absolutely. And we do see and I love that we see Samantha's personality come out in that scene. You know, she's talking about like, "Oh, what what if, you know, yeah, you know, if you never saw, you know, a human body, wouldn't that be weird to see a human body?" Yeah, and it shows like all these different weird like like I don't know. It shows like a weird like leg, a weird knee. Yeah. It's like what if your yeah. asshole was in your your armpit and it's like, well, Yeah, what, and she, what? And she draws a picture of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like anal sex would be weird. And right. like, what did you say? That's Yeah. Um Yeah, no, it's I I love that because that's kind of what the that's the the thesis, that's the question in the movie. It's like, is this a real relationship? Right, right. And yeah, that's I mean, that scene makes the best case for yes, yes, it is. But let's so that's our, our favorite parts of the movie. Right, right before you, yeah. just right before you end it, because this this movie has so many great lines that, and and those lines sometimes are not in the best scenes. Yeah. And two lines I want to just bring up real quick is one of the lines that Theodore says, where he says, "I felt everything I'm ever going to feel." Yeah. And he he said he was basically nervous. He's not going to have any more like different feelings Every, in the future. Everything else is going to be like a lesser version of what. Yeah, which felt. is really sad. It's really it's really sad. And then the other one that I love is when um, Samantha's leaving, and she can't. She says, "I can't explain it, but if you ever get there, find me." And it's just devastating. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way Theodore can find her because she's a computer and she's going somewhere that doesn't even make sense to the human. She's beyond. I loved the scene and it. It almost made my list the scene where they they have created the like the Brian Cox um, AI to <laughs> yeah, like yeah, help yeah. them figure out like what it like humans have not figured this out yet. Like, how right. can we? Right, right. Yep. And it, she was like, I'm trying to describe it to you, but I can't. And she, it's not like she's, she at no point is like cruel or cold to him. Like you don't, you just don't, she's not like, you're not advanced enough. She's just like, you, I guess she kind of has that with the, you know, when the, when they're on the double date, when she's like, Oh, you know, with the, the line I used at the beginning of the, of the show where you know, they were like, Oh, you know, it's weird. You know, I, I used to not like having a physical body. Chris Pratt's like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, she's, she very much is like gently is like, I'm trying to explain this the best I can. I know you can't get it, but there's, I feel like there's, there's times in, you know, human relationships where you've tried to explain something you're feeling to someone you're with. And it's like, yeah, they maybe don't have the experiences to, to understand your feeling. And I think that the the movie does a great job of, of capturing that. Yeah, you know, just to, right. to speak on that scene for a little bit. Definitely. But let's uh, let's talk about our least favorite parts of the movie. What did, what did you have for least favorite? So I don't know. This just scene was weird to me, and I don't I don't know if I know why it was so weird to me. But I didn't I didn't really believe the blind date, and the reason that why took a weird because- turn. Well, it's because like it did take a witch, but even like Olivia Wilde to me is like just outrageously beautiful, and to the point where I almost found it not believable that she was so touchy feely with him on the first date, and then at the end of the date, she's like, "You're a really creepy, dude." It's like, well, why did you, you know? Yeah. For me, because I, I even turned to Gia and I go, 
wait a minute. Where so did that come is, from? Yeah. Is she, is she, is she there just for sex? Like, is, is that what she wants? And then Gia was like, no, she just basically told him that she wants a real relationship. And she wants to make sure he's in it too. But I'm like, but why, why, why did she think he was so creepy? And then was touchy feely with him? It just felt really weird. Yeah. Did she, did she just not get the answer she wanted from him and was like trying to lash out? I, right. I'm, I'm a little, I was a little confused by that. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it was like, if it was like the, the, the scene was weird, like the scene wasn't well written to me or if it was just awkward to me, I, I, maybe it was meant to be awkward. Like you really like, like, you know, Theodore just has weird experiences. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it was kind of, kind of the, uh, the weak point of the movie. Cause I, I was just so befuddled. So my, um, my least favorite part is more of not necessarily a part of the movie, not a scene or a thing in the movie necessarily, but more of a question that, I don't think anyone ever kind of confronted, right? So we Theodore's feelings are real. I think we can acknowledge this, right? Yep. But Samantha was created based on answers Theodore had to questions an AI asked him. She was created specifically for him. Right. Right. So if he answers, if he just says, I have a good relationship with my mother, she's a totally different person. Right. Yeah. And, and what if he on a whim, which is like, oh, I'll just have a male voice. Does, does he still develop feelings? Like is she's, she's designed to be what he wants. And that's a little weird. But but how far does that go though? Because like she's able That's the to question. Like, she writes piano music like on her own. It has nothing to do with him, right? Because I don't. She has the, the I guess the knowledge of everyone who because she says, you know, well I'm the you know how many ever, um, yeah programmers like I'm I I have that of like the knowledge base, but and, and I mean she like she does. There's like a throwaway line where it's like someone's having a, yeah someone's having a relationship with an AI who's not even their OS. Oh yeah, yeah. Imagine being the person whose OS it is, where it's just like you just have this like closest thing is I guess like on call personal assistant all the time, right? Like that you've ha- created, and it, and it's just like I'd prefer to spend time with somebody else. You're having sex with like the dream girl that I created for myself. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what what is this? What? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like these are questions that. You know, even if there's answers where it's just like, oh, no, it's like you got to talk about that, I feel like. And, and they don't really. Yeah, it's yeah. But uh, yeah, but anyway, let's go to medals and uh, let's let's go. Let's start here, Derek. Who's your bronze medal winner? I went with uh, Spike Jones. Mm-hmm. Spike Jones, eh? I don't know. I think it's Jones. Jones I don't know. Yeah. Spike Jones. He um, yeah, it's just just great. I mean, it's just the direction is is really good. I like the way that all the camera shots are directed uh, i like uh the sequences it it feels it feels real it doesn't feel like joaquin phoenix is like or his kind of theodore is like he's in a dream state or anything it always feels kind of real he's always like in bed uh or he gets up and he, he theodore lives a very odd life it's very strange to me like we never see him eat uh that like at home like he just he lives like a and his job is really strange too. Weird, yeah. Yeah, and so, but but I, I like the few. It's it's I like that it's a subtle futuristic. It's yeah. Point. It's not. It's it's 
it's not recognizable really to the life that we lead, but it's not crazy. Yeah, it's not super far fetched. Right, yeah. right. So it's not. It, I didn't. I love the fact that like I didn't have any problems with with uh, Spike Jones's future in this movie. He just made it so it was like this. How it could? Yeah, like you said, it, it could maybe like this in the future. It's not yeah. too far fetched, and I thought that was realistic and believable. Yeah. But uh, regardless, I think he did a great job. He he gets my bronze. Yeah. So my bronze, I went with uh, Scarlett Johansson, and it it takes a lot. I mean, we've talked about you know voice acting in, in past episodes. And even then, they've been represented on screen. You know, James Earl Jones' voice was, was Mufasa, but you'd see Mufasa, you know? Uh, Scarlett Johansson, it's just her voice. Right. There is no physical, no physicality to the performance at all, but you can, you can see it in your head. Like, you, yeah. can, you really can. And she's normally a very physical actor like she's either playing like the bombshell or it's black widow where it's you know, so physical you know or you know, or you know, what have you like she's she really uses her physicality and this is just nothing she's just taking just her voice and she's it's she creates that character from it was just using like one tool in her toolbox and it's really impressive yeah, and we might as well just move on to my silver because she gets my silver. And I don't know if you knew this, but she wasn't the original voice that they used. I had read that. So, which makes it even stranger to me because that means that basically Joaquin Phoenix is, Joaquin Phoenix is acting based on somebody else's voice. And they ad-libbed Scarlett Johansson's voice in there. And the chemistry between the two of them is incredible. And... I, I, it's it's almost like I wonder if the director was like, oh, thank God this worked because the other one clearly didn't. I wonder if it makes it like one percent more artificial. Yeah, it could, it could, because I don't know specifically if they. Had and I don't mean that issue. as an insult. I think that that right. would really work for the for the movie because it's it is that question like, is this real? Right, right, yeah. Uh, I I don't know what the specifics are. I don't know if they had to like do reshoots and have different Joaquin do different things with Scarlett. I don't I don't know what the truth is, but uh, like I said before, her voice is i mean the, the fact that she can paint this entire picture for you with just her voice just the way everything she says is subtle her tone her rasp in her voice the emotion in her voice she's i think i think i'm going to go ahead and say this and i haven't said it before but i think she's one of my favorite female actresses of the last 15 20 years um everything she's i see her in she just keeps surprising me she keeps just, you know, and again, we don't see her. We just hear her voice, for God's sake. And she's like, she's captivating. And uh, she, she gets my silver. Yeah. Excellent. So my, my silver, I'm like, even now I'm going back and forth between silver and gold. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say Spike Jones gets my silver. And he had, and this kind of, it's interesting because we, we've talked about, you know, our last, you know, this episode and our last two episodes before this they're kind of depressing breakup movies like this, this really in a lot of ways is a movie about a man handling his divorce and they're all three directed by music video directors. Right. And Spike Jones like became you know, very you know, famous directing, you know, like the, he directed like the fat boy slim music videos and he then directed scripts written by Charlie Kaufman who wrote eternal sunshine, but he directed being John Malkovich and he directed adaptation. He directed and wrote 
where the wild things are before this, but this is the first one that really got him like, I think this is his first truly great movie. I think where the wild things are is very good, but I think this is like, this is him at the absolute peak of his powers. So I'll give, uh, I'll give silver to Spike Jones. What do you have for gold? Joaquin Phoenix gets my gold. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's great. He's just so good in this. And I, he's, he's a very intense actor and to see him kind of be subtle and kind of reserved, he plays that, that very quiet sort of nervous quirky sort of guy really, really well. The mustache really helps. And uh, I, I like his voice, if that makes sense. Scarlett's got the, 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 the great voice, but like he has that very, like it's low and it's like unsure of himself. Yeah. And uh, I like that sort of the, the, the acting technique he does. He's not big. He's not loud in this. He's very uh, reserved. And I, I like, I mean, I was, I actually asked, Gia this because my wife Gia she said because she's a big River Phoenix fan and I wanted to know I said do you think River Phoenix if he had survived if he would have been as good as an actor as Walking Phoenix because River certainly a great actor very very good but I don't think he reached the heights that Joaquin did yeah and the things he's done so I, I and she had mentioned she, she had read an interview where River Phoenix would show Joaquin Phoenix movies like Raging Bull and say you're going to be the big actor of the family not me because River was really focused on music as well and I was like that's really interesting that he thought that Joaquin was like the powerhouse and he certainly is and and just this movie alone he he just uh he knocks it out of the park and uh, the relationships that he has with people the way he acts with different people I can't say enough good things about him he gets my gold yeah, no, I, I've got I've got Joaquin Phoenix uh, as my uh, my gold as well, and you know he's it's 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 a lot of ways his movie, and you one hundred percent believe this guy is falling in love with an operating system. It's it's a premise that it might take something to like buy, and he mm. he sells it so much, and he also you know he you know ended up marrying Rooney Mara and he met her on this movie. So that's going to count in his favor. That's, that was the tiebreaker for silver and gold. If he did, if he didn't meet his wife on this movie, Spike Jones would have got it, but uh, this, uh, right. that gets it for him, but let's do recasting. And I did a gender swap recasting. Ooh. Yep. And I was trying to think like who could be, you know, the female Theodore. And it was, it was staring me right in the face. Because I think the only one that I could settle on was Amy Adams. Who and was it? Amy Adams. Oh, Amy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, who is in the movie in another role, but I think could absolutely, absolutely work. Because it's Theodore is not like a like a schlubby guy by any means. He's like kind of living a sad life, but you know he can get dates if he wanted to. He's not like some pathetic dude. So I didn't want to be like, let me find like. Yeah, I don't want to name any names or anything, but look at me like get an actress who might not be like good, considered good looking traditionally. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get somebody who like was in that same mold as like, yeah, this is yeah, and so Amy Adams. And I think she she could do it. And we'd uh, have to recast the the role of Amy. But for the male Sam, Samantha, I was trying to think who who has that kind of voice mm-hmm. that you know, maybe a maybe a girl could could go for. And I settled on Benedict Cumberbatch. I was gonna say I was gonna yeah. be like, he better go British because I feel like yeah. this because ne- girls just swab over British. That's men. sort of that sort of deep Sherlock British voice. Yeah, that that that, that definitely works. Yeah, I think that could work. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any recasting? 
Um, the only one that I, and this is going to be kind of a joke because we've already done this sort of, but uh, the, I was, I kept thinking of Joseph Gordon-Levitt again. Yeah. And I was like, he could probably pull this off. I could, be, I could believe yeah. him being in love with an OS and having those like moments on the beach where he's sitting there smiling and like laughing at all of her things. And I felt like it worked for me. And then, you know, him panicking when the OS is gone and like having, I just pictured him doing that. Yeah. I couldn't think of anybody else besides Scarlett because her voice just just mesmerized me, and everybody yeah. else in the movie just kind of did their job well for 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 being side characters. But I I, I am going to do that in the future. I think I'm going to do more gender swaps. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's fun fun to do. Um, so I looked for a Twitter follow for this movie, and there was nothing. Mm. Nobody like none of the principals in this movie have like a, have a Twitter, and I couldn't find any thematically appropriate. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a, a zero on that one. But let's talk about the uh, the Oscars here because there is there is a lot to talk about. It, it is uh, it wins for best original screenplay, and it is nominated for best picture, best score, and production design. But let's uh, let's go over, and this is not too long ago, so I remember this one very well. Best picture is won that year by Twelve Years a Slave. Ah, okay. I did see yep. that movie. Her is nominated. Other nominees are American Hustle, Captain Phillips, and I did not say once I'm the captain now when you gave me uh, control. That's true. Because I knew we were going to mention it. Uh, captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Nebraska, Philomena, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh. It's a stacked category. It really is. I, 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 I'd give it to The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, 12, 12 Years a Slave is a really good movie. I really it is. enjoy it. I thought it, it and uh, actually, who, uh, I'm thinking of Paul Dano is uh, particularly somebody I remember in that movie, but I, I like her. I think her deserves to be nominated. I don't know if, I don't know if Wolf of Wall Street is better than her. I don't know if it, it's a different style, different emotion. But I'll tell you one thing. The one movie that I did see, other movies I did see on that list, uh, I thought American Hustle was completely overrated. The fact that this was nominated, and I like that movie more than most, but the fact that it was nominated for Best Picture in the same year that a Scorsese movie was also nominated, when that just owes so much to, to Scorsese, yeah, I, I definitely got the Scorsese vibes off that movie, but it just it threw me for a loop. I guess I didn't really. Understand. I, I'm gonna have to revisit that movie for yeah, sure. Just watch that movie and just you know if fucking if we're gonna do recasting for that, I would just like go back in time and just cast it with the cast of Casino. Because, <laughs> right, right. Because like Jennifer Lawrence is just doing a Sharon Stone impression, basically. Yeah, and she's she's good. It's a fun movie to watch, I think. But she it like the fact that you know the real deal is 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 right there in the category with it is, is kind of, you know, and right. I, if I remember that year, it was, it was going in as either going to be 12 years of slave or gravity. That's and, right. Yeah. And I think gravity very much had kind of the same thing that we've talked about the, the avatar year avatar versus um, the hurt locker year where like technically it was really good, but I don't, you know, you know what? Yeah, I, I guess I'll have to agree with you there. It's very close for me, but I'm going to go ahead and say the Wolf of Wall Street wins that year for me. It's a really good year, and I, I'd listen to the case for for a lot of these. I've also watched that movie about 15 times, so and, oh, and I would say maybe maybe three of those times in the same week because I just yeah. I can't get enough of that movie. Sure. 
So best director is won by Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity. Other nominees are David O. Russell, American Hustle, Alexander Payne in for Nebraska, Steve McQueen, 12 Years a Slave, and Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. Do we want to make the case here? And uh, Certainly. I, I, I certainly think that, that Spike Jones belongs in this category this year. I think that her is uh, right up there with the, with the big guns. Who would you – I mean, I, I, I would I say replace I, David O. Russell. Because, I agree. Because I agree. It's, just, it's just too much – it's it's tough to like put into words how weird it is that he's doing like a pastiche on Scorsese in right. this movie. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and I'd say that Scorsese wins this category for me as well as uh, Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, I think I I would I would say so too. Although I think again the technical aspects of Gravity and using that IMAX camera at that time. Right. Yeah. I, I, and I haven't seen it. So I, you have I'm, to, I'm, yeah, I'm you have to, yeah, you have to, you have to con- consider, but yeah, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street, I think it'd be one and one a for me, Wolf of Wall Street and gravity this year uh, for, for, for direction. So best actor is won by Matthew McConaughey and Dallas Buyers Club, which is a great performance. Mm. Um, other nominees, Christian Bale and American Hustle, who he, he's excellent in that movie. He's the, he's the best part of that movie. I think Bruce Dern in Nebraska. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street and Chiwetel Ejiofor in 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. Now, I have not seen Nebraska. Neither have I. But I've seen all the other ones. Right. I would have to go ahead and say that I think Joaquin Phoenix belongs to be in it. I think he, I think, oh, man, it's tough because I do love his performance, but these, these are some big ones. I, I honestly think that Matthew McConaughey did a good job in that movie. I didn't think he did a great job. I thought he's a little bit an overrated performance. I think Jared Leto stole that movie. Well, Even Jared Leto wins, for, he, Jared Leto wins know, for best support. I know he does. Well, I know he does. Yeah. But Matthew McConaughey, I, I, I give him props for being like 100 pounds. But I wouldn't, re- I, I would, yeah, I would not take him out of the category. No, I wouldn't take him out yeah. of the category, but I don't know if he necessarily wins. I, I, th- I specifically remember DiCaprio. I feeling snub that DiCaprio didn't win that year. And if he wins this year, then we don't have to live through the fucking Revenant makeup call. Right. Yeah. And like, I feel like, yeah, I felt like this was DiCaprio's year and I was so upset yeah. when he didn't win. So I'm going to have to go with, I might have to go. I'm, I'm almost going with the clean sweep at this point with Wolf. I, yeah. I think you really got to consider Chiwetelogia 4 and 12 Years a Slave for this category. Oh, for sure. I'm going to have to rewatch it again, too. I get it. I, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. I think either DiCaprio or Edgio 4. I mean, do we, do we want to put I mean, let's. What we're here for is Joaquin Phoenix. Are we taking out Bruce Dern or Christian Bale? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say um, um, it's tough because I feel like I also do that thing where I'm like, does Bruce Dern ever going to get in this category again? Whereas Joaquin Phoenix yeah. has had some success, and so has uh, you know everybody else in the list. Christian Bale, of course. Uh, although I don't know if Christian Bale was was he not ever nominated besides this for anything else? I'm sure for the fighter he was. The fighter would have been before this. Right, right. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I guess being biased, I would replace Walking Phoenix with Bruce Dern. Or vice versa, I'd replace Bruce Dern with Walking Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say so, too. I would say so, too. We can, I mean, we can, we can do Nebraska, and we, we just may. We're going to have a fun little Oscar feature coming up soon. So we just may get to it. You never know. Hell, I may give Bruce Dern a, a Best Supporting Actor nod for uh, The Hateful Eight. So Best Actress. Now, we've kind of had this discussion before, but I think it's different 
because we yeah you know, we sort of came down on like there should be a a category for voice acting but yeah. i feel like this might be an exception to that because it's it's very different i mean do we want to talk about scarlett johansson possibly as best actress well who who was uh who's the winner that year so kate blanchett wins this is the second episode in a row that kate blanchett has won best actress yeah kate blanchett wins for blue jasmine amy adams is nominated for american hustle sandra bullock and gravity judy dench and philomena and uh oscar favorite meryl streep in august osage county oh boy uh, Scarlett is she's so good. I mean, she's good, but I don't know. If she, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to. F- I mean, she's probably left off there for that reason. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, if she get, let's say if she was physically in the movie and gave the exact same quality of performance, I'd be easily making a case for her. Yeah, same here. So th- that's fine. We can leave her off because of that. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, would you want to make the case for anyone for supporting actor or actress? No, I think Amy Adams comes close. She's this good. Is, this, is, this is a different year for her. She, and she's also, year. yeah, she's also nominated for yeah, Best Actress. So let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's not so. get selfish, Amy. Right. Yeah, I she know needed a never, little, if she think, had a little bit more screen time, maybe. Yeah, because she's great. As, as she is in everything, she's excellent. Right. Yeah, not every movie can be the greatest of all time. And we know there's only one can, but I think we do contend that each movie that we cover can do at least one thing better than any other movie. So Derek, what does her do better than any other movie? I would say, and, and I, I was talking about this earlier uh, with Gia about this category, because I was telling her that I keep, my brain cannot figure out like all the movies I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time, this is like from recent memory, what my answer is. So from recent memory, I would say this movie does the best with a plutonic relationship between a male and a female. There are several points in this movie. What? I'm sorry? Platonic? Plutonic. Platonic. Platonic. Plutonic would be something different. (laughs) Platonic. Actually, I was actually correct. I was actually, again, corrected earlier by her as well. (laughs) Platonic. Um, And... I, I love the relationship between Theodore and Amy and there's a, several points in the movie where you're like, Oh, well, this is the Theodore's chance to like maybe set a relationship with Amy, but this is not what their relationship's about. They love each other as friends. They rely on each other. I love the scene where Theodore is like lying and on her couch and he's like sleeping. He's just hanging out in her apartment and they're just like, you know, it's almost like a brother sister relationship type thing. And I think it does. It's really lovely to see like, you know, for the, one of the only times like the male, doesn't try to like, you know what, let's just make out because we're just, we're, we, because we can yeah. and we're single. They don't do that because they don't need to do that. They're just two sort of lonely people that need each other in a different way. And yeah. I think it's a really beautiful thing. I'm going to say that this is the best voice performance in a live action movie of the 21st century that doesn't have a physical representation on screen. So the only other competition I would say in the history of cinema is, uh, and and this is even, you know, this kind of does have a physical manifestation on screen is Hal in in 2001 A Space Odyssey, I I would say. But I I think this this performance is, you know, of the century thus far. Yeah. does Does that better than anything else. For sure. But now we come to the most important part of the podcast. And Derek, that's when we throw 30 seconds on the clock. And you tell us why her 
is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? Never. Well, that's too bad because we're going anyway. Too bad. Three, two, one, go. This film captures so many different uh, experiences, uh, uh, emotions, uh, and the acting's tremendous. Uh, you know, you'll never see a better performance by a voice actor in a live movie, as, as Rick stated before. Scholarship Hands is incredible. Joaquin Phoenix is incredible. This will make you cry. This will make you laugh. It's going to give you everything you need to be the best picture you've ever seen. And uh, that's, what I, what's, that's, what I, that's what I do. 20, 28 seconds, twenty almost 29 seconds. I was a little thrown off by Mark Henry. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same birthday, by the way. Okay, great. <laughs> you missed it by a couple days, bro. I, I did, apparently. Apparently, I missed making my wig split on my birthday. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was, uh, that was our episode on her. We hope you enjoyed it. Check us out on social media like we said and check out our sister podcast the greatest album of all time Derek what do you have coming up on there so we released our first episode which is uh, actually I, I don't this is, know this is going to be like three weeks ago at the point this comes out yeah so we're doing uh, Abbey Road by the Beatles next uh, uh, this it may, may have already came out already depending on you know but uh, that's going to be next and then the third one we're going to be having a guest on which is going to be Steve Constantino who was on here doing Pulp it's Fiction. also our first guest yeah yeah so he uh and uh, so he hasn't cho- chosen an album yet. So that might be already out too. Well, I guess we'll find out. So we'll find out. But uh, yeah, and then uh, of course we're gonna have Rick on there soon. And uh, it's gonna. I be know what album. Here. I know what album I'm gonna do. I need to know. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep it from you. Okay. Let me. Let me ask you this. I'll give you. I'll. It'll be a hint. It, are live albums allowed? I actually hadn't considered live albums. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's not a traditional live album. I'll say okay. that. That's, that's okay. my hand. That's my hand. Uh, all right. All right. So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll say that, but we'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be on the show soon. Maybe, maybe even announced by then. Okay. But next week we have a very special guest coming in. Derek, tell us who is going to guest on the show next week. We have my very good friend, Michelle Forziati. And she is a very talented actress. Uh, you may have seen her in a movie or two. And we'll talk about that when she comes on. And also, she's a very talented singer. And we'll plug all that when she comes on. But she has chosen. Well, let me guess, Derek. As an actress, I'm sure she, gets, she chose some very actory, Oscar-y movie. Is that right? It's quite possible. Yeah. What did she pick? She picked The Avengers. My God. The Avengers, Marvel's The Avengers, directed by Joss Whedon. If you've uh, seen his name in the news recently, should be a very interesting combination. So I'm very excited for next week. One of my favorite theater experiences I think I've ever had. But let's look beyond next week a bit. Let's do something a little bit different. And, you know, Derek, sometimes we go through these, these Oscar years and we there's a lot that we haven't seen. Am I right? Because I feel like we can't really make those decisions for the Oscars right. effectively. Some years, You're right? absolutely right. Yeah. So let's, let's pick a year and let's watch all the best picture nominees from that year. Sounds great. Let's randomly pick a year. And I took the Liberty 
of randomly selecting a year from between 1970 and 2020. And it's going to be the year that the Oscars aired, not the year that the movies were from. And I landed on a very interesting year. Drum roll. 1978. And 1978 has two movies I've seen and three I haven't seen. Now, the two I have seen are undisputed classics, and I think they're going to be very interesting, uh, <laughs> let's say conversations, very interesting conversations here uh, as well, because the Oscars for Best Picture that year is won by Annie Hall. The other nominees are The Goodbye Girl, Julia, The Turning Point, and one of if not the most famous movie of all time, if I dare say so myself. If anything was arguable, it would be that. That, if it's, that if it's one of the, the most famous movies of all time? Uh, yeah. Well, regardless of quality, you get to think it's one of the most well-known. Oh, I, I, don't agree. I don't disagree with that. Okay. Because that is Star Wars. And I don't know. I think, I think we, should, we should try to do something special for that episode, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll, we'll talk about it. And what he means by that, he's, he's, Rick's talking about replacing me. Yes, we're going to uh, – <laughs> yes, Derek's going to be murdered and replaced with a Star Wars fan. I, I was just talking about that one episode of Just Replace Me, but I guess Rick wants to go further than that and just kill me off the show. But this whole we'll see what plot, happens. This whole podcast has been a plot to destroy you. I just I want mean, you to know that. So you just like, I guess, buttering me up during the show, making me think that you know we're good buds, having fun, and then you're just going to kill me off during the you, Star Wars one. You, you know that this has been coming since, since high school. <sighs> Unfortunately, I did. But yeah, so I mean, um, it, within a month, we get to talk about Star Wars, uh, Joss Whedon, uh, and uh, Woody Allen. So that's going to be a real fun uh, series. And I'm looking forward to seeing the other three movies as well and really get to choose what is the best picture of that year. What should have won at least of those nominees? Yeah, so I'm excited look, to see these. Yeah, for sure. I am too. I'm, I'm really looking, uh, looking forward to this. So. I just want to thank you so much for listening this week. And I have been your co-host, Rick Barrasso. And I have been your co-host, Ravishing Derek Smith. I used that at the beginning of the episode, Derek. Ah, I think damn. actually, actually, I may have used that at the beginning of the, um, <laughs> of the Eternal Sunshine episode. Ah, one of these days we'll get it right. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I, I feel like of, I get, I feel I like I get it right every week, every week, but you know, you're, you're working on it. I'm, I'm proud of you. you I'm going to make a list of, I'll make a list of wrestlers. See, I just come up at the top of my head. See? All right. Thanks so much again, everybody, for listening to the show. Keep watching.